Hello, friends. Welcome once again to another episode of Mavs Money Well After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow getting together again to talk about another just historic Mavericks loss. Um, <laughs> they fell to the Chicago Bulls, one forty-four to one fifteen, and over the course of the game, they gave up eighty-two points in the first half, which is the most they've ever given up ever in history. Congratulations to the Dallas Mavericks for another wonderful achievement and a season full of them. Um, Luka Doncic didn't play tonight. Josh Green didn't play tonight. Maxi Kleba didn't play tonight. So we kind of got to see what the back half of the roster looks like. And guys, you're not going to believe this, but it looks like shit. Josh, how are you? <laughs> I'm okay. Um, yeah, this was tied for the second most points they've allowed in a regulation game in franchise history. <laughs> um they've done a two other they've given up 144 in regulation two other times 147 in 2021 against the warriors and then the most was 153 and that overtime loss to the rockets in the bubble if you remember that game i think that was the first bubble game for the mavericks so we all got our summers off to a great start um you said luca josh and maxi didn't play I would like to argue that Dorian Finney-Smith also didn't play tonight as well. Um, I'm going to be honest. I was watching – I mean, I watched the game um, from start to finish, and there were legitimately points in the game where I was like, oh, did they sit Dorian and I just missed it? And no, he played, but he played 20 minutes, and he scored zero points, collected no rebounds, had one assist, and two turnovers. He's having um, quietly – if Reggie Bullock wasn't having such a bad year, I think we'd be ha- we'd be talking about Dorian more. He's obviously important to what they do, but he he has he has not played very well or up to I think what he would consider his own level of good this this season. Yeah, he's averaging the lowest amount of points per game since 2019. Uh he's shooting under 35% from 3, under 34% from 3. Lowest rebound, like lowest rebounding since 2019, which is kind of quietly a big deal for him because it is. That's one of his, one of the things he values, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it maybe not fair to poke poke at him at a game. You know, he is he is one of the players that like you know he, his offense is Luca. Like, I mean, he I mean he's a catch and shoot guy through and through. So it's, I mean, maybe I'm being a little mean to poke at him in a game like this, but. I don't know. It was just kind of emblematic of, you know, what this type of game was. I mean, it was a schedule loss. I mean, I actually think before we get into talking about more negatives, because there's not really much positive to say about a game like this, I actually applaud the Mavericks for having the foresight to just not play Luka in this game, because imagine if this game had a similar result, but Luka played 40 minutes, (laughs) Uh, how mad we would be. So I I appreciate them just getting that out of the way and giving them See, but did they do that? Like, he stormed off the floor last night. I've never seen him do that before. He stormed off the court in not a tantrum. One of my friends, um, Domin Rangula, Lakers fan, basically was like, that was a Luka tantrum. No, I've seen Luka tantrums. I have experience in tantrums in my life. But he (laughs) walked off the floor because Jason Kidd called, you know, the, the get Luka the ball play, which didn't work. Who knew? Um, and, and so I wonder if that, that decision might've been come, like, might've been, they might've reached that independently, but that like, maybe give them a cool, cool off night. I, I think so. 
I didn't even see him on the bench, but I also wasn't looking. I wonder if he did even make the trip. I don't. I mean, maybe not. I mean, they yeah, the, I the, the injuries they made they made up for those three were amazing. Like if Josh Green has an elbow sprain, if it's his shooting elbow, yeah. we have real problems. Yeah, like Josh Green is like the only reasonably consistent player the Mavericks have off the bench these days. Yeah, it was good to get Maxi a break too because I mean, you know, mm-hmm. he's been playing well and. You know, he's one of the guys where when he when his minutes load, when he you know, you can feel it with him, like it's very drastic. So I mean, I applaud the Mavericks for just getting out ahead of it and being not trying to fool anyone with sure. the result for this game was gonna be. Like we all knew it. I mean they didn't get to the I mean what Chuck Cooperstein radio man for the Mavs said they didn't get into their hotels till three forty five Chicago time. So I mean, it was. I mean, they they weren't going to win, and this was exactly you know they were likely going to get blown out. That's what happened. So I don't know what else to say other than you know we could start looking at you know there were some new, somewhat new guys getting a lot of uh, minutes. Walk Kimba Walker made his debut. Jaden Hardy got some minutes. So probably talk about that. Um, I do want to mention. <laughs> can we talk? And this is really stupid, but can we talk about JaVale McGee for a second? Of course, because um, he was the marquee signing of the <laughs> offseason. It's freaking hilarious that by far his best statistical contribution of the season came in a game where the Mavericks lost 144 to 115. Well, those two things are related. That, like he right. puts on that, empty stats all star. That's in the in this game tonight, like that's JaVale McGee's career in a yeah. nutshell, was this yeah. game. I know, like I, I'm so like I lived in Washington D.C. Was there the whole time he was there? Anybody like I? When people say that they watch the NBA, sometimes I, like I'm not gonna sit here and tell people that I watch NBA all the time. I don't. I don't have time. I'm 38. I have a real job and a life. So the only people who really watch NBA every single night are either single, young, or it's their job. So when people are telling me how good JaVale McGee is, I don't believe them because why the fuck would you watch JaVale McGee at any point in the last? 10 years <laughs> like yeah. he he is just like he's a physical specimen he looks like he should be good at basketball and because he he looks the part he's been able to parlay this into a long career but this was the second biggest contract he's ever signed that says yeah. something to me okay <laughs> he's bad he was he's the, the direct signing of the offseason i just got to get this out there isaac mm-hmm. my guy locked on mavs i love you to pieces you're a wonderful man I heard you once on a on one of the Mavs pregame shows with Bobby saying that JaVale McGee was going to be one of the best signings of the offseason by the center by the middle of the year, and that people were going to look back and think that. Unfortunately, he's the worst signing of the offseason. And it's not close. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's really not close. Like I've gone yeah. through and talked about this. Like, oh, well, you know, but the 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 Nuggets signed DeAndre Jordan for a year. Like you can do anything for a year. This guy's gonna be on like like this guy's going to be on the contract and or on, on the Mavericks until Luca asks out. Like, what the fuck are we doing? This yeah, is terrible. Too, we're not even through his first year of. He didn't make it contract. eight games. <laughs> the worst signing. Like, this might be like like Tariq Abdul Wahad type bad signing. Like, what is happening? Yeah, and what's funny is the Mavericks actually kind of like they kind of got blitzed off the start, and then they kind of made it respectable through the end of the first quarter, and then McGee played a sizable portion of the second quarter. And I swear, and I, he was like a minus 15 in five minutes. And I know that plus minus in the single game isn't indicative of everything. But I mean, I think he yeah. checked into the game and the Mavericks were down seven. And when he checked out, they were down like 24. And it was just like, <laughs> I, and he, you know, he's giving up dunk. Like Drummond had like two straight dunks, gave a banana one dunk. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it was just 
And then, of course, you know, in garbage time, you know, he's making a three-pointer and he's and he's dunking off the dribble, like, you know, piling up numbers when everyone's just trying to get out of that game without getting hurt. Um, so it was just, yeah, it was just, that was, that was JaVale McGee's entire career uh, played out in front of us Love in it. one game. And that Shooting was, threes in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Eating up minutes as during the blowout. Yep. You know, they're nope. just... And and what what re- here's you want to know why I really actually hate these because a lot of his minutes were matched with Jaden Hardy. Yeah, and that sucked. <laughs> everybody in the world is really happy about Jaden Hardy, who posted a five for thirteen line, fifteen points, so not very efficient. Five free throws, zero for four from three, and then one rebound, one assist, one steal, one block, one turnover. He was negative nineteen. So. His negative plus minus is tied with JaVale. Like it's tied to JaVale's because plus minus happens when you're on the floor. And we're going to see all sorts of really excited talk about Jaden Hardy. I don't really have any commentary other than the fact of I can't watch his minutes with JaVale McGee because like basketball is not played in a one-on-one situation unless you're like Luka Doncic or like Jason Tatum. <laughs> like yeah. there's, it's just like one-on-one scoring and scoring while also losing every minute you're out there by more, like they lost more than a point per minute when he was on the floor. No, I'm sorry. Just under a point per minute than when he was on the floor. Cause 20, like 23 minutes, negative 19. Um, yeah. It was just good to see him. I mean, he got 20 plus nice. minutes. Like that's just, that's he does what... look like an NBA player. That I'm happy about. His burst looks better than I thought it did in summer league, and finishing at the rim is than, better. Yes, yeah, because so. he like it cannot be understated how poor he was at absorbing contact last year. He was a mess, and so he's gotten he's built up a lot of strength. Uh, I like his wingspan, but I'm just I I, I want people to I want to want people to be happy about something, but I'm just it's going to take me a while to be excited about a six foot three shooting guard. And yeah, he's, six, I, he's six foot three guys on a tall day. Sorry. Yeah. Unless I've and, grown taller. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, for a team that has historically not cared about the draft or young talent. Sure. I, mean, I, I get it. Point. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, you know, he is, you know, they traded up to get him. I mean, it was considered a pretty sure move considering where a lot of smart draft people had him ranked. Uh, you know, so like, I can't really fault, you know, what the no. Mavericks did to get no, him. 38. And, extreme value pick yeah and, and but and i guess you know for me it's just like i'm just happy you know if he gets minutes i'm happy i love you know well there's the g league minutes are great minutes. like that's fine yeah that he needs minutes speaks to the problems with this team yeah i don't like anyone putting on the expectations that like he could be a, a savior or help turn the team around like no, if, you're right rookies don't impact winning the end luca like luca and dirk have like broken people's brains on reasonable expectations with stuff yeah, like just I, be ha- yeah, I'm just happy. Like, I mean, he was a mess in the G League last yeah. season, so I'm he just wasn't not very good at summer league. Yeah, so I'm just him. thrilled, thrilled what he's doing right now. Like, I'll take it, man. Just yeah. keep, as long as he just keeps getting floor time, you know, even if it's the G League, like that's helpful for him. Especially like he had a, you know, Mark Followell kind of made a good point during the broadcast. I think his senior season got cut off because of COVID, mm. and then you know he played in the G league at night instead of going to college. And he didn't play like the G league Ignite, Like he only played like what, like 20, maybe 15 or 20 games. So like he played, he didn't even play as many games as he would have played if he went to college. So kind of like Josh green in a way, how Josh green kind of got boned with, with COVID limiting his ability to just play games. I'm with like Hardy just needs, I don't care if it's the G league, just 
As long as he oh, keeps yeah, yeah. getting minutes and, and reps, like that's going to be huge for him right now. The NBA largely, if you're a over 82 games, a lot of, of what you do as an organization comes down to logistics. Okay. They know every game that the G League is playing. They know every game that the Mavericks are playing. Someone needs to be spending a significant amount of time charting various paths for how to maximize Jaden Hardy's floor time. One of our one of our, our Twitter friends, Reese, we got into I was watching a discussion between him, you, a whole bunch of people yesterday. And one of the things he said is he said that I don't think the G League is very good for forming good habits. And I'm just gonna say like point blank, that's no. Like that's I'm sorry. Like playing basketball is better than not playing basketball. Like it, it just is. Like you, Josh Green needed minutes. Dwight Powell needed minutes. Like you have to have minutes. And what the Mavericks have right now out in Frisco with the G League team is some sense of structure. I've been to games there. This is not the clown show that it was when Satnam Singh existed. Like they are treating like I'm sorry. Donnie Nelson treated that thing like a cash cow that he needed to shake down. Now they also treat it like to a certain degree where it's a bit of a carnival atmosphere, but the basketball doesn't feel bullshit. They're not paying some seven foot nine English guy to show up and sit on the bench and be a, a carnival barker. This is a basketball team that they have down there. It's, it's nice. So if they can figure out how to get, how to get Hardy, you know, if he plays two out of every three games down there and then spends some time on the Mavericks bench with the, you know, practicing and maybe gets eight to 12 minutes in a game here and there, that's the best outcome for me. For sure. I totally with that. I figured because like, look, if you want him to get significant minutes, that means the Mavericks are getting their asses beat. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I understand real minutes. He's not playing with Luca. Like, what are we doing? We can't even get Josh green to play with Luca. The the backup quarterback is always more popular. Like that's just kind of how it is. He's the unknown, and the Mavericks are start. Like I get it, all of it, but it's just you know, yeah, it's just man, second round picks playing a lot. Like you don't see them playing major rotation minutes for playoff teams. Like it's just it just doesn't happen. And I'm well, so I'm just happy with whatever reps he can get. Uh, I mean that kind of like like look two straight really shitty losses in a season filled with unbelievably frustrating losses. <laughs> I'm inching closer to the point of asking the question of what is this season? Should the Mavericks punt on this season? I still think because Luka Doncic exists, the answer is no. But I'm just it. it I want people to reconcile those two things when we're talking about this because. Hardy is not going to get significant minutes in the first 40 games of the season, period. He might get some in the second half if he can prove himself in short spurts. Like, kid's not that guy. Like, Otherwise, you're basically saying you want kid to go to move on because kid's not going to do this. Like, sorry, it's just not happening. And that's know. not even a kid thing. That's just NBA coaches in general, too. And, like, well, it's also a kid thing because that man yeah. is stubborn as a mule and I just don't see, like, I just don't see him yeah, pulling. No. I'm going to go play the rookie. Yeah. So just, just be happy. Like, I mean, a year ago we were wondering, like, can he even, I mean, he he shot like 20% from three in the G league, his first season. (laughs) Like I'm just pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thrilled that what he's doing. Um, I guess shot looks good. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm just kind of content and satisfied with, with whatever he gets and asking for any more. I'm just whatever. Um, Man, feels like. Otherwise, like I mean, 
Do you want to just like get our get the Houston Rockets podcast and and play that for the rest of this the time they're here because it's literally well I mean Kimball Walker played thing. oh yeah he he looked okay <laughs> I um, mean I feel I like it's a one game sample but I feel I feel very vindicated through one game about all my Goran Dragic to Kimball Walker takes like I'm just I feel like parading around like an asshole about that but who cares oh yeah for sure by twenty nine. You know, Goran I mean, played 16 minutes and had 14 and four. Kemba played 20 minutes and had eight and five, where it's just like at that point you're splitting hairs, where it's like, how about you get the guy that wants to play for your team and can play the whole year? How about? Whatever. Yeah, I mean, even Mavs color commentator Derek Harper kind of started to agree. He was kind of made a comment toward the end of the game where he was like, wow, Dodgers still has some game left in him. I really like him, and I'm I'm just kind of thinking, yeah, he's he's not bad, right? Like, he's pretty good. I mean, he's um, not – like, the greatest ability is availability. And I hope Kemba's knee feels great. I hope Kemba can play 40 games for Dallas heading out. I hope they can get some spot minutes for him and he can play. I just don't know if he can. He played yeah. great with the Knicks last year. And then he fell off a cliff. Right. And then like, he had to go deal with knee issues. Yeah, the question with Kemba, like this game doesn't really matter. It's it's I don't care about this game. It's gonna be like what's it gonna look like in March? Like that's the question with him. You just don't yeah. know how long he's gonna last. So I mean, I guess you just see the one thing with him though is you can kind of see I mean, even though you know he, he obviously isn't the old the Kemba of old, but you could just tell if he was on the floor for maybe a couple of these like really bad one, two, three point losses that they've had maybe he swings a game or two in their direction with these really bad clutch losses that they've accumulated over the last month and a half. So I could kind of see, you know, maybe before his knees fall apart in March, you know, maybe he can give you, you know, 12 to 15 competent minutes in a third quarter, you know, where he plays a five minute stretch in the third quarter where you don't cough up the lead when Luke is on the bench, you know, just by doing semi-competent guard level things for that an NBA guard should be able to do like I could kind of see that like he had you know I mean this game's stupid but you know five he had no turnovers five assists um just making the right play hitting a, hitting a spot up jumper that kind of stuff and you're just like okay like if he can yeah. swing you know I mean hell like you think about that Milwaukee game like if he if he was able to play like 10 minutes in that Milwaukee game and you know, score a couple of points compared to like, like what they run an offense. Lot. Like like yeah. you and I didn't yeah. get to talk about this. Spencer cannot pass. Spencer cannot throw a decent pass. It he threw two or three all and like missed passes to Wood. It was driving nuts last night. Like Kemba can do that stuff because he is a he is a point guard. Yeah. So maybe that he swings a couple of games, and then even if he does, is if, if his knee explodes in March, it's like okay, well you you know. We kind of got what we needed out of him, at least for the regular season. So yeah. I guess that's probably the goal. Yeah, just other than Kemba and Hardy, you know, there really just wasn't much to talk about because uh, everything looked yeah. the same. Like Wood got his his 21 points. It looked pretty good. But defensively, the team was a train wreck. Um, him and Pal starting was pretty funny because it's like your two worst uh, mm-hmm. rim defenders on the floor at the same time. And Chicago just ate them up. Uh, you know, Dinwiddie. Played a really good offensive game. He was nowhere on defense. Like, think about that starting lineup: Dinwiddie, Powell, Hardaway, Wood, Finney, Smith. Like, four of the five starters are minus defenders for the most part, and that's why you give up 144 points. So, 
Uh, well, yeah. I think a lot of people are, are the more we inch along with this, the more I think eyes are opened as to just like the, the not like the limited means through which Dallas has to win a game. Not that they're bad. It's that the path to victory is, is, is tight. And I saw a couple of people want, it's like, I'm starting to see more trade stuff. It's like, well, who is trading with Dallas for anything? And, and it's just, it's not, I, I just don't see it happening. I don't see it. Like Tim Hardaway has, whoo. I just, I, I, I don't, this is just going to be a really tough month. I mean, I'm looking ahead at the schedule. You play Oklahoma city, Cleveland, Portland, Cleveland, Minnesota, Minnesota, Houston. And then on Christmas day, the Lakers, do you, I don't see a single guaranteed win in that group. I mean, did you see a single guaranteed win in the Phoenix, Denver, Milwaukee trio? And they got two of them. So <laughs> no, it's, I mean, that's a good point. This team's weird. Like I don't, I, I'm, I feel like I'm past the point of looking at the schedule and being like, "That's a win. That's a loss." Well, it's, it's all based on the shooting. Like they shoot like forty five percent from threes and victories or something. And, it's nuts. And, and how can you honestly predict whether that that's you know? Yeah. Because the de- like the defense is just. I mean, we obviously saw like Josh Green and Maxi Kleba. I mean, I guess they're holding this thing by their shoestrings. This defense together for being. For without being like uh, one of the worst defenses in the league, like that's pretty, uh, pretty important. Uh, so true. I mean, if they get back, I, I don't know. It's just this loss was bad, but it, but this was the expected one, and and it makes the loss against Milwaukee feel even worse because it's like if you steal that one, no one really cares if you get thumped without Luca on the floor. You know, if you beat Phoenix, Denver, and Milwaukee back to back to back, like you know, you you get a little leeway. Right. But even then, I mean, what, a week or and a half ago, we probably were looking at this part of the schedule and we were like, wow, they're going to be like three games under 500 when they're after they play Milwaukee and they're at 500. So I don't know anymore, man. I mean, they could they could beat they could beat Oklahoma City on Monday by 30 points or they could lose by 15. Like they could beat like I I don't have a grasp on this team because, like you said, a lot of it feels like can Tim Hardaway Jr. make 50 percent of his threes and he's just such a streaky guy. Right. Who who knows? I mean, the only thing, you know, just Finney Smith and Bullock, like that's probably the biggest worry points right now. Like uh, in terms of like, can this team consistently string it together? Cause uh, Finney Smith looked really good in that Denver win. And when he, when he's good, the team just has a different, like, it feels like they just, they're a different team. Like he's a big part of, why they look good when they win big or when they play well. And he's basically had one good game in the month of December. I'm looking at his December box score. So they really like, that's probably going to be something to look at to close out the year is can Finney Smith, can Bullock, can they just, can they show some, can they string together like two games together playing well? That's uh, right. And then, you know, and then maybe, maybe something can happen, but fuck, oh man, I mean, they beat, he, they beat Phoenix and he scored three points in 23 minutes and they beat Phoenix by 20 points. So I don't know. I'm starting to get to a point where I don't even know what we even say anymore because it's like impossible to, to read this team, you know, like it's just, they disappoint you when you expect great things and, and they surprise you when you think they're going to lose. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just weird. Well, I'm glad you didn't team. have to witness that game last night, like live. It was, I can only imagine. It was man. like surgery without anesthesia because 
Tim I mean, Hardaway has now missed five straight fourth corner free throws. And honestly, the loose ball foul that sent Dorian Finney-Smith to the line where he missed his two, I don't think it was a foul. And then there's the the defensive play. Why are people arguing with me about this? Like, I'm not kicking Luca. I'm asking why the fuck he's standing with his back to the to the ball. Yeah, and then weird. they get hung up in a in a group like like a group hug at the free throw line, and the hugest person on the floor gets sprung free for a for a backdoor dunk. That was bad. That's terrible defense. Now <laughs> the players are responsible, but what are the coaches doing lining him up like that? And then there's then there's the uh then there's the play, and I'm, I'm just gonna rehash this. I don't care. It's my it's our <laughs> podcast. Then there's the the play, and you know, for those of you who haven't seen it, there's this there's this, this video by by a Twitter account, Half Court Hoops, that basically breaks down how Luca is like quiet panicking, trying to say, like from when they walk out of the timeout, basically trying to draw attention to the fact that the Bucks know what the play is. The only people on the court who know what the Dallas Mavericks play is are everyone. <laughs> yeah, and so Luca gets Luca gets shit for another bad 40 footer when it's like, how is that the play you draw up again? Do something different. Yeah, no, but my counter would be, I mean, it wasn't different when Rick was here. I mean, it was the same. It, I mean, well, how many like, like the, the, it's the time. Yeah. So it, it I, ben Zadell and I were talking about this day where Brooke Lopez makes a dunk. You call the timeout immediately. You have seven seconds left. The argument against calling the timeout was you have seven seconds left, so push it up the floor and see if you catch the Bucks off guard. The Bucks are really fucking good. You're not catching the Bucks off guard. Yeah, we have a lot of smart smart players. Giannis, Middleton, Drew. Yeah, I like, mean, Giannis wasn't in the game because he fouled out with oh, yeah, three full right. minutes left, Josh. That's and right. The average couldn't take advantage of it. How bad it was. That game was crazy. I think that game was I mean that, that game, game was emblematic over the edge. That I know. That game was emblematic of the whole season. Like yeah. That's, I mean, that's what? the 10 the, the start the fourth year. Yeah. The start the fourth quarter, it looked like the best win of the season, and then it ended up being one of the most excruciating losses. Like that's the 2022-2023 Dallas Mavericks. Well, I mean, I hope they get it together. I hope we can look back on these and laugh, but it's just like Writing and talking about this team has become a chore. Yeah, really I think I feel like the only thing we can say, you know, because I say it's hard to predict anything. I mean, it's clear, like, you know, all the talk in the preseason about like, hey, we don't want to do what we did the last two seasons and, and get off to a slow start. Well, like, that's over. Like, like they have slow started. It, they're they're 13 and 13 nearing the middle of December. Like, the you can't, like, they're going to have to dig their way out of another hole again. Uh, so, I, you know. Any any illusions that anyone might have had about like a second, a top three seed, or you know anything like that, probably have to put those pipe dreams away. But I mean, they'll they'll still probably go on a winning streak here in a little bit. I mean, you know they did those the Phoenix and Denver wins; those were two pretty impressive wins back to back. So I'm not you know, and then basically for eighty percent of the Milwaukee game, they looked great. So this was a schedule loss. Maybe they start next week on the right foot, Oklahoma City, uh, and and beat that. They're such a better team. They got three games in a row at home, and this team is so much better at home than on the road. It's it's outrageous. So 
Maybe that's where Finney Smith gets right. Maybe Bullock has a good game. Role sure. players play better at home uh, than on the road. So I don't know. Or maybe they lose all three. I mean, I don't, I don't we'll know. See. I don't well, know that, anymore, man. I don't either. Well, at least at least there's no back to backs. These two back to backs just they put me on my ass. I am not. I am tired. Um. <sighs> all right. Well, that in mind, Josh and I will be back on Monday night then. Uh, everybody have a good start to your week. Thanks so much for uh, for for hanging out with us, and we will talk with you soon.